Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm your host, Gene Marks. I am a certified public accountant and regular business columnist for a bunch of publications, including Forbes and Entrepreneur. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company. I've teamed up with Paychecks, the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life advice from real-life business owners and industry experts. In this podcast, we'll talk about the complexities of running a small business and how our guest, my guest, is handling the challenges he faces. And my guest today is Danny Abrams. Danny is the owner of, of a few restaurants in the New York City area. Danny, I've got down here the Mermaid Inn, Pizzeria, Serenetta, JG Mellon. These are three restaurants, but multiple locations. Is that correct? That is correct. There's actually four locations of the Mermaid Inn. Uh, one of Serenetta and one of J.G. Mellon. Got it. And are they all in New York City or are they in the New York uh, New York area? All in Manhattan. All in Manhattan. You you lucky, lucky guy <laughs> running a bunch of restaurants in Manhattan in the middle of a pandemic. I am so jealous of you. It sounds like lots of lots of good time. First of all, how long have you been in this business? Um, I've been doing this a long time. I opened my first bar in 91. So, you know, I've been okay. through 9-11, I've been through the recession, I've been through the Iran-Iraq war, uh, which all have had impacts on our business. Um, so... How does this compare? Here we are again. It's interesting because people ask me that. We were supposed to open a restaurant six blocks worth um, north of the World Trade Center uh -huh. on the 16th of September. So 9-11 happened and we got delayed, obviously. But when you left that neighborhood, life kind of seemed normal everywhere else. People were going to restaurants, the streets were lively. This is just bad everywhere. Yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it's funny. I live in Philly and um, I'm good friends with a guy who owns um, five restaurants in Philadelphia. It's a chain of diners in the city. And, um, you know, he's never seen anything. And this guy's been running, it's a family owned business. It's like a third generation thing. So, you know, he's been in the restaurant business all his life. and. Uh, he's never seen anything like it either, you know. So let me first of all ask, when when things hit and the city shut down, which basically said you you gotta close, you can't have any diners coming in, what tell us walk us back to what, what that was like and what, what steps you took. Well, we had just opened a brand new mermaid inn on the Monday before the shutdown. So we had only been open for six days in this new location. Um, or five days before they went to 50% occupancy. So we did 50% occupancy for a couple nights. And then my partner called me Sunday morning and just said, you know, we got to shut these restaurants. It was days before it was mandated. And it just became clear that A, at 50% occupancy, you weren't, you know, you weren't going to make any money because 50% occupancy didn't translate into 50% less revenue. It was more like 60% less revenue. Mm -hmm. um, so it became clear pretty quickly once they went to 50% that that was unsustainable. So we closed down on the Sunday prior to the Tuesday shutdown. And that was just a super hectic weekend. Uh, first trying to rearrange all the restaurants to comply with the 50% take tables out, make new seating charts, adjust the staffing levels. And that was just a nightmare. 
And then the process of actually closing the restaurants on Sunday was emotional, sad, scary. Um, we gave all the food and the walk-ins to the employees. We had a lot of people there, so we were able to get them super clean and kind of ready for an extended shutdown. But people were kind of walking around in a daze a little bit, like, what's happening? And why are you giving me this food from the walk-in? And a lot of people didn't quite understand. What about now? How are you paying your bills? Um, we're not. Um, we, we applied for the first round of PPP for all the restaurants and our bank, Capital One, um, had not built out their own portal. So we missed out on that, which was scary. Mm -hmm. um, we applied for economic injury loans, which uh, two of them have come through out of eight entities. Um, and now we applied for, you know, we, we got into the second round of PPP and five of the seven restaurants um, have been approved already. We have two more that we're waiting for, and then we'll figure out how to navigate that. Besides giving your employees food from the walk-in, did you... Could you do anything else for them? And did you? Well, you know, we, we made sure that we made our last payroll. Um, we had to kick in money from our personal accounts to do that because the, the weekend was abysmal. Um, we started a GoFundMe, which raised about sixty or $70,000. Uh, so we distributed the first portion of that to all of the more vulnerable employees, the, the porters, the cooks, bus boys uh we knew that the servers hosts managers would all get on unemployment and get the benefit of the 600 dollar mm -hmm. supplement so we weren't so concerned about that group of people we were more concerned with the people that might not be comfortable or knowledgeable navigating the system did you help them at all we did i mean we we helped them with the with you go fund me money. Nobody really asked for help navigating unemployment. Uh, the chefs at the individual restaurants were in touch with their cooks um, and were offering advice where they could. But you know, communicating with them has been a little bit more difficult. You know, so Danny, so you know, some people would look at you and be like, "Hey, man, this guy's in New York. He owns a few restaurants, a few locations in Manhattan. He's been in the business for a number of years." Ah, he's sitting on a pile of dough. He'll be fine through all of this. You know, what do you say when, when to, to someone who says that? I say, man, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, <laughs> why? My income spigot got turned off on the same date. And, you know, if I have no money coming in, I can't pay my bills the same way everybody else does. Right. And I think that people have a unrealistic um, expectation or idea of how profitable restaurants are. We have just been crushed in the last three years between increased regulation in New York City, increased HR, more litigious employees and customers, and the increase in the minimum wage. So a restaurant that went from being marginally profitable is on razor thin margins right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're Payroll goes from paying somebody seven fifty an hour or nine dollars an hour to fifteen an hour, or tip employees from five dollars an hour to ten dollars an hour. It's just 
it's just on the borderline impossible to make a living in Manhattan, which has high rents, high cost of doing business. Uh, it's been very, very difficult. You know, it's funny because before all this happened, I've been writing for years about the, the high cost of doing business in New York City. And this almost is just, you know, it just throws you over the edge or throws a lot of businesses over the edge. Are you doing anything right now? Are you doing deliveries, takeout? Um, we're not. We're not. You know, we have two restaurants that did a very healthy delivery business while they were open. And, you know, one restaurant did about 15000 a week. One restaurant did about 11000 a week. And I'm sure if we had stayed open and continued that, those numbers would have jumped up. But I felt, and my partner and I felt we had a moral obligation to our employees not to ask them to get on the subway coming from the Bronx, coming from Brooklyn, coming from Queens that all were heavily affected by the virus and asking them to come in, get on a crowded subway and come cook food for us so we can make a little bit of money. Um, so the moral aspect of it was difficult for us to navigate. And when you're doing delivery, as kind of a side business to your regular a la carte business, you can make a little bit of money. But when you're doing delivery as your sole means of doing business, there is no money in it. Yeah, unless you're operating out of a food truck or something, right? I mean, the rent alone just would, would kill the profit margins on that kind of a business. By the time you pay the services and by the time you pay for the food and the labor, you can't even pay your rent. So I, I, I think it's, you know, David Chang said, Delivery is fool's gold, and, and I kind of agree with that. Do you talk to other restaurant owners in New York City? I mean, do you have friends that also run restaurants? I do. I, I started a, a weekly Zoom with some other restaurateurs just to trade ideas and, and to talk about things. I got onto uh, a WhatsApp chain with a lot of restaurateurs, all trying to navigate uh, mostly the programs. Um, and then I'm on, you know, different Zoom meetings with restaurateurs, attorneys, accountants, real estate brokers, you know, a wide variety of people. So we haven't been stagnant during this downtime. Uh, we're trying to navigate what's going on right now. It, it just changes every day. So as we talk now, and this is the first week of May, um, New York City is still a few weeks away from opening, uh, optimistically. Uh, what are your what are your current plans? And like you just said, uh, your thought process could change tomorrow. But what are your current plans? You know, we've run you know P and L models at fifty percent capacity and sixty percent capacity, and we've had the chefs rewrite the rewrite the schedules and rewrite the menus to have less complicated items so less prep maybe less people cooking them and with all that we can't figure out a way to make any money at all we we still come out making less losing less money being closed than staying open mm -hmm. so we're not really sure at all it all depends on the occupancy level if they say you can open it at 50 percent occupancy level I'd have a real hard time jumping back in the game. Um, and I certainly don't want to get caught with another shutdown. 
and a whole nother walk-in full of food. If Even if the city allows you to open up at 100% occupancy, though, I mean, obviously the concern is how long it will take for your customers to come back to pre, you know, pre-pandemic levels. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, my, my partner and I are pretty convinced that until there's a vaccine or a prophylactic measure or some kind of um, some kind of way to yeah, some kind of treatment, people are not going to be coming back. And who wants to walk into a restaurant um, that has waiters in masks and gloves and everybody's got masks and gloves and the tables are further apart and the energy's kind of low and who wants to walk back into that environment? Um, I certainly don't. You've been in the business for a hundred years now, at least I'm sure it seems that way. Um, does something like this make you think about getting out of the business altogether? Um, that's a multi-part answer. The, the, the short answer is no, because I love it. Um, and I'm, I'm a fairly optimistic person. Uh, you know, I've gotten through different things before, and uh, I think that when we come out on the other side of it, We'll be, we'll be okay. I think our customers and our guests will come back. Unfortunately, I think there's going to be a big shakeup and this will change the landscape for a while. Uh, a lot of restaurants won't make it. And if we're one of the restaurants still left standing, we think we'll be busy on the other side. Um, so we just got to figure out how to get from, from today to that date. I'm going to bet that you will. Um, you've been doing this long enough and I, I can tell just by what you're saying that you're, you're prudent, you're running PL scenarios, you're looking at your numbers. You're, I, I, I can tell you're not going to make any dumb mistakes. I mean, obviously there's always a chance of that happening, but let's assume that, that you do reopen, you do get back on your feet, you start recovering, looking back on this whole thing. What, what were the lessons learned? Um, you know, it's kind of confusing for me at this point because this is a uh, you know, once in a lifetime, hopefully, event. And, you know, I might have said that about 9 11. Um, but like I said, this is a magnitude so much greater than that. Um, I think that I would, I would get rid of any, and I mean any, excess fat in my business yeah and when you're running a business and the money's coming in and things are okay you know i've always said it's easy to run a business when there's money in the bank um i think we're going to start running those businesses like there's no money in the bank um number one i think it's going to change the way people staff and the way people's job descriptions are written um a few or less people a few less people on the floor managers picking up the slack in different areas, right? maybe one less prep guy. I think it's going to be different. Yeah, you think if you're just that one less person or two less people in the business, the salary savings alone, assuming that you pocketed it and put it away, um, would have been huge right now. Yeah. And, you know, you don't think that way when things are busy and things are going good. Um, you're not thinking that, you know, something like this can happen. Danny, um, thank you. This is a, a great conversation and a lot of lessons learned. And, and I, I hope the people that are listening to this take away 
some good thoughts and, and, and things to think about as they're trying to figure out what to do with their businesses moving forward. Everyone, for more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics, please visit the Paychex COVID-19 Help Center. The address is paychex.com forward slash coronavirus dash resources. Thanks for listening, Danny. Thank you for spending your time. Thank I know you you'll be fine. Me. Yeah, I know you'll be fine. Uh, Danny is the owner of the Mermaid Inn, Pizzeria Serenetta, JG Mellon restaurants. Those are different restaurants in New York City. Once New York City is up and running, please look for him, find him. Uh, I've got his website here as well. It's themermaidnyc.com. Uh, and his Twitter address is the Mermaid NYC. Check out his restaurants. They'll be back up and running soon with lots of good food to eat. My name is Gene Marks, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc., 2020, all rights reserved.